Business as Unusual is a thought-provoking podcast that explores the innovative strategies, disruptive ideas, and unconventional practices driving successful leaders and companies in the ever-evolving world of modern business. Subscribe, comment, and share for weekly inspiration with our host, Aisila. to Business as Unusual. I am so excited today to be here with Robin Alexander. Uh, I met her through Higher Runner. We're both uh, fractional uh, offerers of support to businesses, I guess would be a way to talk about that. So um, without further ado, I would love to have Robin uh, introduce herself and talk a little bit about what she's up to, and then we'll get more into the show. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for even inviting me to speak on this particular subject because it's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I've been an autism advocate for over 16 years now. Um, mm -hmm. I believe in being a very, very loud voice <laughs> for the things um, that affect the autism community. Um, and it just so happens that my career um, as an entrepreneur has kind of led me into the seats and um, different places, uh, different meetings and offices of people who normally uh, don't give access to the everyday type of person. Um, so I try to use the connections and the network that I do have in my voice to be able to kind of scream out loud for the autism community what we need, um, what we don't need, what needs to be adjusted, what kind of accommodations mm -hmm. in schools and, and things of that nature. So that's that's currently um, probably my, my biggest my biggest thing right now is it's my thing. So and it's it's so important. So I'm gonna also this is uh, for people who are listening and not watching, I'm putting up Robin's website. Obviously, you can find this on the YouTube and the Apple and the other places that I managed to get it up. But it's www.robinrobinealexander.com. And I linked to Robin's story because it's compelling. Um, but obviously, what you're up to right now is also really compelling. I love honestly seeing so much awareness of neurodiversity uh, yes. and also that inclusion of being a, as you put a melanated mom, but that dealing also with the race racial aspect of it, because I do, as you know, I don't need to educate you on this, that mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our clinical diagnoses leave huge swaths of people out of the situation. So it's really wonderful that you're bringing that I would say dual awareness in as opposed to just being there's that one, which is also equally important with the siloed approach. So, yeah. um, so that's a, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, but who you are and what you're up to. I, uh, I like to do a little, if I remember it, let's be honest. I don't always remember a <laughs> little mm -hmm. icebreaker here of like, what is a hobby of yours or an interest that you think would really surprise folks that, you know, Oh, wow. That I know, you know what, <laughs> Alicia, bear with me. I don't remember how I answered these questions for you. So I'm going to give but you That's okay. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. And I can prompt you too with some things but, that you've shared before. But um, this one's a new one. This is a 
it's, it's just a fun, like, um, I'm super geeky, right? But I've never read Lord of the Rings. And that always surprises my friends. They're like, well, you're such a, a and so I think it could be fun to kind of, because we all have those hidden moments in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Um, well, <clears throat> I will say this, uh, one of the kind of quirky things that um, I do, actually, wait, no, actually, ask me that question again, because that may not right. be this answer. I'm ready for you. What hobby of yours do you think would most surprise folks you know, well, or interest? Is this a hobby? I don't. I don't know if this is a hobby or not. You you tell me. Okay. But I do like learning different voices. Um, so my son has autism. And one of the things that he uses a lot is sound, scripting, things of that nature. Um, so I like to learn different voices. And my current favorite voice is Venom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't do voices. So that's a really neat skill. <laughs> it works. It gets his attention and he awesome. has learned it so much to where he does it back to me. So oh. if I want to get him to respond, like we're both in this really deep, raspy voice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, then what do you do? And that what we do for our kids, right? Like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's so funny to me. I was watching a show or something and this, these people were dealing with um, overcoming some internal issues for their kids. And I was like, yep. We really do go above and beyond for, yes. for our families. And that's beautiful. Like, and how fun for your kid to have someone who's really trying to meet him. Yeah. I one of my, my kids, I think, actually both have autism, although only one of them was identified um, as a child. And, and yet, you know, because of that practice, obviously, I tried to beat them. And it will, you know, who knows? They're in their twenties now, so I get a list of the things that I did that they liked, and the other things that like we could have done that differently. And I'm like, you're right. We <laughs> but it's always interesting to me the ways we'll push ourselves to be somewhere for for that so beautiful um so where do you go for inspiration like this is a, a tough role you've taken on um and obviously you're doing it like looking at your history you've been very successful and i know from my own experience that being a um Forging a path, if you were forging a path, can be exhausting. So when you when you feel that like dip, bring yourself back up. Oh wow. Um, well, I could not do anything if I did not depend on my faith. Everyone mm -hmm. has their cornerstone. For me, faith is my cornerstone. Um, before myself, before my children, before anything. If I lacked a cornerstone in faith or really lacked the cornerstone in anything, then I would not be able to draw on something to give me what I don't have. Um, so faith for me has been that, um, being able to pray and meditate, uh, to be able to watch YouTube videos. Um, and I'm not very religious, but I'm spiritual. So mm -hmm. I take inspiration from a billboard. I can take inspiration from an Instagram post. I can take inspiration from a fortune cookie. You know, if it's speaking to me in that very moment, I'm very unbiased <laughs> as to the messenger. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I use. So. I'm biased as to the messenger. I like that. You find inspiration. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think we all, like you said, we all have something that, that gets us up in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it's because we're hungry, but uh, <laughs> there's, there, there's other things. Uh, yeah. What would be different in the world if you achieve your vision? And this is something I did send you. So let me, but I, th I think you said more 
um, active inclusion and awareness, uh, specifically around neurodiversity, but I'm guessing there's probably lots of things you'd love for people to pay attention to if, if they could yeah. catch on. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to hone in on one thing with neurodiversity and autism inclusion, um, it would be a place in the world where schools have really caught up to being able to identify in our children and kind of partner what partner with us as parents with our children in being able to help and assist them with whatever their differences are, um, whether it's dyslexia, which is still neurodiversity. A lot of people don't understand uh, dyslexia as neurodiversity, but it's all brain, it's all wiring, you mm -hmm. know, um, even with the autism, um, even with the ADHD and ADD, you know, mm -hmm. um, I would like to see the world in a place where um, our kids are no longer considered bad or um, aggressive or um, mm -hmm. weird or uh, we need to take them out of the normal classroom and put them in somewhere different because of, you know, I don't think that they belong. Well, you know, there's so many different things that we can do to include our kids and blend them in a way where they're learning from us, but we're also learning from them. You know, the ones who are considered neurotypical are learning from the neurodiverse and the neurodiverse are learning from the neurotypical you know, um, so living in that kind of world where we're tolerant with each other, we're compassionate for each other. And I know this, this probably sounds so, you know, pageantry, but it is, it's very true. Like we just, we lack, we lack a lot of compassion and understanding and tolerance for things that we don't understand and, and don't know about. So. Right. Well, and so I had a good friend a few years ago who was colorblind and mm. apparently they make glasses that will yes. help you to see. And so I asked, what was that like, like seeing the world in color? And their response was, so honestly, it was the 3D that blew me away. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And and, yeah. and they said, and they were in their like early 30s. And they said, well, everything was gray. There's no depth mm. for their experience of being colorblind. And so I got these glasses and all of a sudden I had to learn how to walk in a 3D world. <laughs> I was just like, Wow. Nowhere ever in my life had wow. anyone ever explained that to me. My guess is because it doesn't come up, right? Like you were saying, but that to me was yeah. such an awareness of when people say colorblind, yeah. I think of you're not seeing color, but yeah. actually their experience is they're also not, not everybody, I don't think based on my minimal awareness of it, they're also mm -hmm. not seeing depth. Yeah. But that's not part of the conversation. But until you've had both the experience of being colorblind and not colorblind, right? You don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know either part of that story. Yeah. And so that um, that for me was a good moment of like, oh, got it. Like, uh -huh. yeah. You know, like that. That's that's. There's more going on always, and mm -hmm. that's the both the advantage of curiosity, right? Like yes. you get to learn things. Mm -hmm. um, but also not knowing, like I've a, a, I used to practice Buddhism more actively. And, uh, one of the folks that I studied with said, hold your conclusions lightly. And I always like try to remember that, like, that's probably the most important part of this journey is say, you know, I can make some conclusions. It's fine, but, but yeah. hold them lightly. <laughs> yeah, hold them. I like that. So, 
Yeah. Um, but where I see the, the road intersect with neurodiversity and just training around that, because although I specifically hyper-focus on autism, some of the ways of being, your mindset, the way you approach autism, um, the behaviors and some of the tools that we use equally translates to just all neurodiverse communities, you know? Um, and, and really, if we took away just neurodiversity and just focus on just diversity, period, some mm -hmm. of the things that we're needing and asking for in the autism community applies to all communities, applies mm -hmm. to all diversity, you know, yeah. how you think about it, how you see it, you know, what your own biases are towards it, you mm -hmm. know, what you feel and think and, and, and believe about people who are different, you know, so that's really where that intersection um, is really important, but it's also really powerful um, depending on how you approach and how you train um, your groups and the people that you're working with. So, yeah, well, and I think it, my, you know, I have some different experiences in working in inclusion work over the years and social justice. And I feel like there's this, that fear of offense and that fear of not knowing and that fear of being wrong, um, which, you know, I relate to that. You don't want to hurt, hurt someone's feelings or make them, you know, or be embarrassed. Like that's, it also could be a selfish thing, but that, um, that often gets in between us and our and our instinct right to to be better to include um and i wonder like how do you i know you've done a lot of work in different communities and with different leaders is there um a trick uh, i mean i i can think of things that i've done over the years but they all require like a lot of work right which i think is often the case but for for easing people around that fear can that you've seen when you're coming at it from a consulting place obviously like when you're in a a different kind of situation it's not I would say you're my responsibility to educate somebody, but in that consulting place, what is, is there anything you've seen be more helpful to folks to get over that? Um, I would say if I had to focus on two things, um, people don't hire me and don't ask me to come train for anything other than my perspective on it, mm. my experiences on it. You know, anyone can talk about autism. You can just go Google it, read about it, learn about it, go to school, you know, right. get trained, et cetera, right? Do all the formal education. But it's specifically my experience with autism, mm -hmm. with learning at a, a late age that I had autism, with learning that my kids have autism, with seeing all the different parts of the spectrum with just us three, because my son is very different from my daughter. My daughter is very different from my mm -hmm. son. I am very different from both of them, you know? Um, so that would be number one, understanding that they're hiring me for my perspective is my own point of view and how I uh, express and describe and teach and train from that place. Um, mm -hmm. And number two, it's their ability to know that it's time to just be honest. Like, mm -hmm. be completely honest here, I will not judge you. There are no wrong questions, which that is such a cliche right now. But just five or 10 years ago, there were wrong questions. <laughs> but yeah. now you hear a lot of people say, oh, there's no wrong questions. Well, I have a research background and we've always said that, you know, there are no wrong questions. That's where science breathes and live and thrives at. No wrong questions, you know. So kind of creating that that 
atmosphere of honesty um, and just getting my own perspective out there and understanding that's what they value most um, versus some formal education. So just being mm-hmm. able to myself, you know, and going in there with my experiences and um, just letting them know, listen, we all have, you know, biases and that's why we're here. You know, you would not have hired me um, Mm -hmm. to be here if I was not able to kind of go through that third wall and create that space. So, yeah. Um, Do you, let's see, here's another one that I like to ask that uh, it's a little, so set it up better. You know how sometimes someone will ask you for advice and you'll start to say something. You're like, whoa, that was good. (laughs) Um, So the question is, what is the what is your best advice? Either something that someone gave you or that kind of thing where it just came out of your mouth and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is what this is a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I would say you get the teacher that you deserve. You get the teacher that you deserve. You know how everyone, um, not everyone, but a lot of people heard of the saying um, that um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, where you also Mm -hmm. get the teacher that you deserve, that there is no coincidence in who or what is teaching you in that very moment. There's Mm -hmm. no coincidence in it. And when you're ready because yourself and your self-awareness, your consciousness, when you are in a different place, you get a different teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That is, it actually feels, speaks to my experience. Like I feel like there are times when I, I've wanted certain kinds of education mm-hmm. and I could tell I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I'm not ready for this. And other times <laughs> when I could tell like, oh, I got what I needed out of this. It was amazing. And mm-hmm. it's next time to find the next thing, right? Yes. So that's really, I think that's great advice because I do feel like it can be hard sometimes to let go for me. I could be like, oh, I really like this. Like I got this good setup and I I like it because it's comfortable, but growth doesn't happen where you're comfortable, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Like, um, I don't know, just this, this is my brain. So just bear with Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) Love it. I love I love that saying, but I also see the other side. This is kind of where I'm being very autistic right now. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, I believe it's true that you do not have like exponential growth in comfort, right? I believe that, but I also believe that there is a very uh, subtle way that we still somehow grow in those places of comfort because I feel like you're still becoming Mm self-aware and you're still growing in your self-awareness that you are comfortable. And then if you can somehow get outside of that box and say, you know what, okay, I'm comfortable here. What are my triggers for making me comfortable? Let Let me grow some kind of way. You know, let me take advantage of this. So I'm scared. Okay, what am I scared of? You know, let's grow in that way. Um, I have anxiety about moving uh, from one location to the next. Okay, well, 
let's grow from that and let's like break that down. So I feel like you can always grow, but you just won't have really any um, exponential growth. Like your light won't really shine mm -hmm. as far and as bright as it could and as it needs to if you stay in one place, you know, so... Yeah, I just wanted to add that. <laughs> Thank you actually so much because I'm I'm on my own journey around some of this. And that is a really great, to me, a really great guide po post to, to set down, which is that, like, I would say like many people in our culture, I equate suffering with, you know, work or effort. And I don't think that's true, but it yeah. doesn't change that I still have that instinct. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think artists need to suffer to be successful. I think sometimes... We, as a culture, have created a world in which in order for them to connect to what's real for them, they have to suffer because they have to get away from everything, which is unfair. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I don't think it's because art comes from suffering. I think sometimes suffering comes from needing to be not overly, I don't know, pushed by the, mm -hmm. the goals and agenda of the dominant culture. But yeah. um, so thank you for that, actually, because I think that's really important. You're, I think that's more accurate. Certain kinds of growth. Uh, yeah. are only capable are only possible when we get out of our comfort zone yes. and i feel like an obsession with being safe in that particular way sometimes is why i won't let go of something i'm like oh i'm here and, and i i know what i'm doing and that feels good <laughs> and yeah. i need to like move a little bit but i also do agree i think i have grown in comfort and sometimes i grow more because i feel safe and so i'll let myself confront something that's more more terrifying or unsettling because I don't feel the need to shore things up, if that makes sense. So thank you for that. That's really wise, I think. Yeah, I, I, I love what you just said so much because like I feel the culture that we live in like is very hypocritical. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I'm like, and I, I say this all the time to like everyone's a hypocrite. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you believe, how great you think you are, how good you are, et cetera. Everyone is literally <laughs> somewhere, some kind of way a hypocrite. And so our culture is very hypocritical um, to, <laughs> to a lot of the things that is necessary as a human just to be. Um, like I, I am a, I've been a hybrid entrepreneur for years. Um, I normally have like two and three different jobs and gigs and things of that nature going on. And for me, for my personality, that helps me um, mm -hmm. until I get like this one big thing and I'm doing that for like a year or two, but I can guarantee you somewhere around three or four, year three or four, I'm going to be back into like having a lot of different things. Um, but like our culture tells us, you know, um, like it talks about jobs and how I don't know if you ever heard this acronym, <laughs> but the acronym for job is just over broke. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people yep. <laughs> say. It is. Right. <laughs> and so what's so interesting, I think it's all based on perspective, though. Right. Because there are some jobs who pay really well, where if you understand financial literacy and budgeting, you can become a millionaire still and have millions in retirement from working your J-O-B, you know, and you're not just over broke, you know, it's just like, so it's really about like your own perspective on what the culture is feeding us through marketing and ads and, you know, what you're hearing people say, what you're hearing your friends say, your family say, like being able to sit back get out of that box and think, be a free thinker, look at it the way that you need to look at it and know that, okay, I'm still growing. I'm not just over broke. This is just a part of my process, you know? Mm -hmm. 
No, that's actually, I think one of the things that I saw and I'm still seeing is that people are done with that. Like if they can be. And it's one of the things that I think was very much revealed by the uh, pandemic and what happened here over the last few years in, in the U.S. at least, is that a lot of people realized, oh, I'm being exploited because I'm taking a job just to because I, I need something. But then mm -hmm. that job is taking all of their time and energy away from being able to get something that actually works for their life, mm -hmm. which I appreciate what you said. It's but it's more than money, right? Like some of us, we have yeah. kids and we want to be able to be flexible to be home with them. And some of us have family members that are ill that we take care of. And some of us have artistic pursuits and or or health things that we're working through. And mm -hmm. and we don't have a, a cultural work setup that actually allows people for, to have that human experience on a yeah. regular basis. It's we, yeah. you know, we call them essential workers and then we put them on the front lines to die. It's like, that's yeah. not great. <laughs> that's not great. Yeah. Um, and that's part of what inspired this for me is I was like, there are a lot of people who aren't doing that. They're yeah. doing good work. They're, they're doing humane work. They're doing work to create opportunities for everybody, not just yeah. to select few. And that's yeah. what I want to focus on is what are we doing like you to make things better and different yeah. and inclusive to to care for our kids the way they need to be cared for not to try to shove them into a box so they can also be just over broke like yeah <laughs> yeah it's you know what too like in addition to that um what i learned you know is that we all have like we have multiple and this if this is going too left or right for you just stop me but just yeah. bear with me. Uh, we all like go through like different awakenings, right? Mm -hmm. um, so like, and what I mean by that is, is very something, it's very simple. Um, like, let's say a teacher who has worked, you know, in education for maybe, you know, 20 years and all of a sudden they are like, you know what, I don't like this anymore. Like, mm -hmm. I just I just don't like teaching. I don't like education. I, it's not that I don't like the students or who I work with or, you know, the gift of teaching. It's not that. I just, I just don't have a desire for this anymore. So something yeah. internally has changed and you say, well, you know what? I think I'd rather pursue drawing. Let me come up with a class where I could teach kids to draw. Or maybe I don't come up with a class at all. Maybe I'll just go on YouTube and I just draw live on YouTube. And hopefully that does something for me. Like that's a different awakening. And that may also bring you to a place where you need to work at somewhere like Chick-fil-A, you know, or maybe you need mm -hmm. to go to work at the mall for however many hours, you know, because maybe that's just a part of your path. Like, I just, mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of someone kind of putting you in a box and say, mm -hmm. because of this box, this is what you absolutely have to do. And if you go outside this box, then what are you doing with your life? We're going to criticize you now. You know, you're ruining your life by chasing mm -hmm. this drawing dream. Um, and by you working at, you know, Forever 21 in the mall. It's just like you, you have to ultimately just comes back, come back to the idea that you are a free thinker. You are a human that is going through life. And there is not one person I can think of that has only done one thing their entire life. Like there's mm -hmm. not one, even, 
Elon Musk, who I absolutely love. He's the Einstein of our generation. He has Asperger's, although that's not even in the DSM anymore. He's on the autism uh, spectrum. Um, but even with him, although he is in tech, he still comes up with things that are new, that mm -hmm. push boundaries. How far can we go? Can we create this space in space that you know are, is sustainable to life? You know, so mm -hmm. just like don't let anyone box you and it is your journey you know life mm -hmm. is going to be hard and challenging enough like make sure you schedule your purpose make sure you schedule your passion make sure you schedule those things and you plan those things out and plan your happiness because the world is not going to just happily give that to you all the time you know mm -hmm. so i think that again it comes with different awakenings there's a lot of people who retired during the pandemic for mm -hmm. a reason you know, and a lot of people are stuck at home. They're like, you know, I don't like what I do right now. I don't like this career. I make good money, but I don't like it. It doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't bring me happiness, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Our only non-renewable resource is time. I like That's my, like, I remind myself of that every day that I start to think like, oh, it's like, wait a minute, what am I doing with my time? Oh, <laughs> it's the most so important thing I have. That is so good. That is and it's so good. It's so, so very true. And that is definitely one of those aha moments that a lot of people, I think, finally came, came like face to face with the reality of how, um, how, um, hmm, how delicate life and time and love yeah. and being around people who genuinely care about you, like just it's so delicate. It's mm -hmm. so delicate. And, you know, I know some people, um, they went from being in relationships and wanting to be right all the time to the, just, you know what, I will sacrifice being right in, in an argument or in a situation that we may be having just so that I can still be in a relationship. Because at the end of the day, I know you love me. I know you care for me. You know, I know you, you support me. You're going to push me. You're going to help push me towards whatever my purpose and passion is. So I'll sacrifice being right. You know, I'll let you win the argument. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're not saying that you are right, but I will let you be right. You mm -hmm. know, so I can keep this relationship and we can still be in a relationship together. So, you know, I don't know. Pandemic did a lot, though. It did a lot for us as just living, breathing human beings. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot, I, I think we're going to feel the ripples for a while because there's Ooh. so much that has, right, like that they got affected. And I, I know for myself, it interestingly, like I've worked from home for a long time. And so I didn't have a lot of major disruption in that way, but mm -hmm. I still had all that existential kind of like, and, you know, like I see my, my kids are older and I tend to visit my kids a lot. They're really important to me. And we mm. have, it's a gift to me that we have a good relationship as adults. And so I didn't see my uh, younger child for almost, I want to say 18 months, which was just not normal for us. Yeah. And, but it felt like the responsible choice. But I was like, I don't want to be responsible right now. <laughs> Like, I want to go see my kid, but so I don't know. It was just interesting to me to see how that um, and to watch the people that I know that had younger kids in school having to make decisions about whether or not to send them 
to a public place like six times in August. Or so. I was like, wow, you know, I made this decision in middle school and high school and I was done. I can't imagine yeah. going through this thinking every other month. That's, I just don't think people understand the, if they weren't in that experience, I don't think that it's possible for folks to understand the level of like mental and emotional exhaustion some folks are still feeling, even as we slowly step out into some kind of new normal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So it's, uh, I'm, I bet, and part of me is like chaos and disruption are a time where change is more possible. So I'm really trying to focus on, well, what, what can we all do together? Those of us who want something more nurturing and connected and uh, inclusive, you know, if, if that's, if, if this difficulty also has an opportunity, how do we, how do we engage that? Um, I might have a frozen moment. So uh, I will say folks, if you are interested, I'll pop uh, Robin's website up here again. Um, she is available on the website and then we'll come back to the more interesting of talking to her. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, how do people get involved with what you're up to? Let's say I want to work with you or I'm curious about getting you involved with my company or I, you know, I know one of the things you have on your website is legislative support. So yeah. what's the best way or do you have an event? Should they just write you? Uh, the best thing to do is send an email. Just a okay. simple, short email um, and just saying that you're interested in and then telling me exactly. It doesn't have to be a very detailed email, but something exactly like, you know, um, we're interested in you being a K through 12 speaker or, you know, we have a, you know, um, a uh, district wide meeting somewhere and we would love for you to come and speak. I mean, it could be very simple, you know, it doesn't have to be very, very uh, long or lengthy um, and just email me, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and should I go to your website or is that the best way to find your email or should I pop it up here? Yeah, everything that you need um, is definitely on that website. Um, you okay. just click through the links and um, there's a, a contact us page. Um, as a matter of fact, it's on the homepage. If you scroll all the way down, and you can just go to that and put in your information and I'll get back with you. If I don't get back with you, I do have someone who works as a part-time assistant. They'll get back with you too, so... Awesome. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Is there any other uh, things you want to share that feel uh, like specifically inspiring in this moment to you or I mean, um, we can always do another chat. So don't, don't feel limited. This is great. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, you know, there is actually one little thing I want to do. Um, I wrote a poem. Is that okay? Oh yeah. Actually, let me make, let me do this though. Well, backwards, backwards, not my face. <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. I'm ready for it. Okay, so I'm going to pull this up, and um, it is, of course, about autism, um, the things that we kind of experience, um, and maybe you can identify with this, too, because I, I do remember you saying that you have a child, uh, or an adult child now, but you experience this for your own self, so... All right, this is called Breathe. Philicide, suicide. They fail to try, we die. Hell of a big lie. Sleeplessness, we cry. Overwhelmed, she tired, he fired, not fly. Not cool, not okay. Poor you, no tribe. Early to go, home we drive. The babysitter, 
they sigh. Our babies love, no compromise. What they eat, figured it out. Reached out, denied, why fight? So tired, can't talk, some walk, busy you, won't front. The midnight oil, we burn. No sleep, still my turn. Wake up, gotta still go. How to live, we don't know. We drown every day. No relief, must pray, must try, must lie, must trust in God. This is why and this is how we breathe. And that's for autism. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yes. Thank you. And yeah, now it's, uh, I am my own neurodiversity, but it, uh, but yes, like having watching, watching my kids go through life and the way in which the world is unrelenting in its inability to st stop the bull bullshit. <laughs> I don't know a better way to say it. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's it's painful to see. And yeah. um, I work with a woman who does a lot of international work, and she gets a lot of flack for it. People are like, why do you why are you going other places? You know, there's so much in your backyard. And she's like, look. I think my backyard might just be bigger than yours. I'm here for everybody's children. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. I hope you use that. That is so please, good. Yeah, please do. I mean, I think you would love her. She's a powerful human and doing good work in the world. And But I just, I, that moment when she said that, I was like, I like it. My backyard is just a little bigger than yours. That's all. <laughs> my That's incredible. I love that. So, and thank you, because I, I feel like I've benefited from from your work just seeing what you're up to. I think that, you know, it's that we all rise together yes. and it's the only way we're going to really create something better is just to keep chipping away. And I think honestly, be kind to the people in our, in our world has a helpful too. I mean, I know it's a, it could be a little trite to say that, but yeah. when, when people feel a moment of kindness, I think it gives them a chance to, to maybe show up a little differently. So yeah. very true. part of where I stand, but um, thank you so much. I really would love to have you back to talk more. You have so many things going on um, and to maybe get your opinion at some point on some of these larger movements around autism that I don't know if you're familiar with autism or unmasking autism. It's a book that was just released um, and I've been reading it and I, I really I, I'm impressed to see because when my kids were younger, I read a lot of resource books, but I can, I'm really impressed to see like the the sort of trajectory of more awareness that is actually present. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I, I love I'm for it. So just mm -hmm. let me know when and where and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you have a, a great day. And oh, and let me I'll be uh, promoting here in uh, two weeks on Monday. We're going to have um, Dr. Janine Stitcher and Scott Schutte from the Healthy Behavior Institute, uh, they are uh, working to create behavioral norms around fitness. Mm. They were both fitness coaches and then realized there was a lot of weaponization of health. And so actually Ooh. took a step back to kind of say, all right, how do we actually talk about health from a more um, science-based and behavioral-based yeah. rather than like maybe moral, judgy, controlling-based so, approach, so. So good. Right. So I'm really curious to see what they have to, to share with all of us. And thank you so much again, Robin. I just 
like what you're up to is really important and i'm yeah. really excited to see what what else shows up and i'm excited to be part of higher runner with you that's gonna be Thank so you. interesting yeah, I'm, I'm very excited i got a chance to meet arlen um last year and uh i like supporting entrepreneurs like herself so yeah yeah it's grand all right well thanks everybody for being here and for listening and uh like i said we'll see you in a couple weeks um and here we go